This is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for Shark Pants Gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. Let's hit the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, you weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Gary. What do you hear what you say, bud? Back from a tournament and ready to discuss. You are not kidding, man. You are you are literally like uh, there's another guy out there that we know. We call him the Road Warrior, but you know you are right up there with him, man. You you are a tournament junkie. I mean, you go to these things all the time. You got another you got another few coming up, don't you? Uh, next month is our, and then I'll be in uh, Collinsville, Indiana, for Siege World, which is a major. September so far, there's a break. I don't have one there. In October, I'll be at the Michigan GT, and then November, I'll be at Warzone Atlanta. Yeah, and then uh, Christmas time, and then I'll reschedule for the next year. So, yeah, I got a year, year run. I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you do it. You're you're uh, you got some legs on you, man. You get to those things, but first, before we get started, we shouldn't be so rude, man. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here tonight on Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So, yeah, Gary, our, our topic tonight, man. Uh, little, uh, this is this is uh, pretty close to your uh, motivational gaming mojo on tonight's show. We're going to be talking tournaments, and um, so you are fresh back from Cast Storm 2021 uh, Indie yep. Storm event, right? Indie Storm, correct? Yeah, ran by uh, Chris Duncan. Okay, uh, Greg. I, I've heard the name before. Chris seems like a really good guy. Yeah, he was at Armed Forces Day. He helped That's out right. with the uh, mats for the yeah. 40k side of things and played in it and brought this big ass squig off with him so. <laughs> that's right i do remember chris thank you so much for all you did for armed forces day dude and one of these days i hope to get out to one of your uh your 40k tournaments uh, as soon as i really know what the hell i'm doing otherwise i would just embarrass everyone including gary uh but which i would bad. probably take a little bit of pride on i wouldn't mind embarrassing gary i kind of like doing that it's pretty, pretty common occurrence currently so it'll be all right <laughs> yeah so so you are back from chaos storm 2021 yep. uh and this was a two-day five-round 40k itc event um, correct. Two, two thousand point armies, correct? Yeah, two thousand points. Uh, list of missions was I think a week prior to to go in there. So yeah, okay. Points. There was also on uh, the Friday there was an invitational, which I uh, got invited to with sixteen players to enter, and it was single elimination. So I played in that as well. So I played in a three rounder Friday, and then played five more games Saturday and Sunday. All right. Well, we're, we are going to break all that down, man, and hear about the whole thing because a couple things I want to get into when we talk about the actual main tournament. And I'm, I'm not that I'm denigrating the Friday tournament at all. I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to talk about the main one because there was something, uh, you know, three detachments max. Uh, you know, these were two and a half rounds, I believe, uh, going back. Uh, but one thing that caught me on their Facebook page was Indie Storm. They were saying is uh, the newest gaming convention to come to Indianapolis. Um, this was being held at, at Gamers Loot throughout April of 2021. So, so what's what's Gamers Loot? What is that all about? Uh, that I haven't heard on Gamers Loot. I know they're part of the um, GLC Great Lakes tournament circuit that goes around it that has just started and part of Death and Glory and all of those kind of things. That Gamers Loop is that uh, whole organization that's set up there. And uh, so basically it's a organization that's set up for 
40K and Age of Sigmar tournaments, basically any tabletop game to be a part of the Midwest and advertise so we get more people involved to go out to all of them. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Well, that's, and we're, we're going to touch on, on, on how tournaments themselves do just that uh but uh but good stuff coming up man for sure i definitely i can't wait to hear about it because honestly gary you know you're a hell of a competitor but i also like the way that you can kind of how do i want to put this uh you you really know how to slice the onion layers back on tournament topics playability there's that word again and really really opponents and how to interact with them i mean i don't know and i'm not saying this because you know you're here on grimdark live with me i'm being honest as as a friend and someone that's played with you and against you I don't know that there's many other people better than you at that type of uh, dissection of a topic. I, I appreciate that. There's a, there's a handful of them that's out there. I just try to do my best to make it more opening for other players to go out and experience playing at tournaments just to realize that, hey, it's it's still five games of 40K. Sure, know, sure. And we can to go out and play. And then you're meeting 99.8% of the time the people that you meet are people that you want to meet again. Right. It's not like the, you know, that dude, you know, but those do exist, but yeah. we kind of weed them out. Yep. Yep. And, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but before we do, man, here's that point in the show, man. So, so tell me, are you, uh, are you staying true or are you sniffing glue? Well, currently now it's always, uh, staying true. I've got, um, so other adjustments to make to the list that I used okay. and I'm working on those. And a lot of my staying true is basically just talking my friend Aaron about uh, tactics back and forth and everybody else in the group as well and meeting up and playing. So uh, always, always staying true on that part. And it'll be at the war meet on Saturday. Nice. Probably, uh, I don't know if I'm playing a 40K game or an AOS game yet, though, but well, we'll find out. So I, will bring, I will bring both armies so that we can uh, – because, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I got the green light, man. I'm there all day. I'm talking 10, 12-hour day, man. So I'm going to be yeah. there. So we got plenty of time for uh, – uh, I am not. I have a block party, so I have a, a strict regiment to be home by about five o'clock. Well, so. yeah, yeah, and I, I understand that the, the beer gets warm if you don't get there in time. Or gone, one of the two. Yeah, so. sons of bitches. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, for me, I got to be honest with you. I, I really was on a good roll with my with my Armager Knights. You can hear me talking about. So I, I think I'm a, I think I'm sniffing a little glue uh, this week. To be honest with you, I really kind of um. I uh, I hit a point where I kind of I kind of gave up on the uh, the decals. Uh, they okay. were aggravating me, so I kind of, I kind of uh, uh, pulled them off and, and kind of had to retouch up and got a little discouraged and put them down. I really didn't start back on them again until early, early this morning before I went into my day job. So um, it was one of those things that, uh, that I, I'm going to admit here. I, I think I'm sniffing a little glue, but I'm going to get back on the bike, man. I'm going get to get, get those things dialed in because um, I, uh, uh, I really, really love the scheme I'm going with. And you know what? Honestly, I, I, I love the Army. I'm probably going to lose... At best, half my games, but you know something? I like big, stompy robots, man. What, what, what right. can I say? What can I say? So, uh, But good stuff. And, and you know, folks, uh, here coming up, we got more stuff coming up in the news. I got something that's kind of interesting in the news I want to kind of cross with you, Gary, because it's, it's a topic that I think you're going to, again, like we talked about, I think you're going to be able to peel the onion layers back on this one. Uh, but we'll be uh, right back with the news, gang. Stick around. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles. 
and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. All right, we got the news, man, and I got a I got a feeling that Gary is going to kind of be all over this uh, this topic here, kind of like a, kind of like a cheap suit, man. You ready for this one, Gary? Yep, hit me. So, <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's funny um, the Beast Snaga pre-order box issues. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just going to kind of start right from there. Um, you know, since the pre-order launch that was on Saturday, I, I think I heard that by 12:30 Central Standard Time. Uh, Basically, they were out of stock. So most of the Games Workshop and independent game stores around in, in this area uh, open around noon. And within a half hour, they were out of stock. So more box set uh, stock issues. And we're seeing this on both sides of the fence in the game here, but specifically talking tonight with 40K, we're seeing these issues with GW. With the Snaga box, it's sold out on nearly all GW stores, and from what I understand, all independent stores were either were, were either shorted or completely uh, lost out on their on their stock list uh, within within that half hour. Now, you know, uh, there's a lot of orc players out there, man. That's a popular army. That's the. I have no idea how they didn't prepare better for that. And I know that I'm a guy sitting in my basement talking on a podcast, but I have 15 years of supply chain experience, and you're talking about. Other than Marines, which is their flagship, one of the most iconic armies in 40K. And when you're coming out with new rules and a new edition and a box set, and you're going, oh, well, Mr. Independent Store, you'll get one to three. We don't know how many of those, if at all. Right. And how, how, do you, how do you justify that to go through it? So you sell out, so now you're on a shortage. Now, here's something that I find that very... Um, Ironic. Years ago, uh, Games Workshop used to not really keep up to date with their rules, right? It would be years before you got a new book or FAQ. I remember and those days. The defense was what? We're, 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 we're a model company, yeah. We're not a Well, you're a model company. company. Where are your models at? Yeah, yeah. How, how are you selling out of them? <laughs> if that's what you do, where are they at? You yeah. Know, you should, that press or however that you're making those, that thing should have been going nonstop and still going nonstop. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, it's this and it's this and it's this. Then don't release it till it's ready. Right. You know, yeah. come out and say, hey, we have this. Here's the backlog that we're going to have on it. Release the codex and then, then the models to follow. Don't just tease everybody to where now the people that want to play with them can't. Right. Yeah. Or here's what's even worse. Here's what you're doing. Games Workshop, and I, I don't know if you listen to this or not, but the people that are going to buy all of those, they're going to set up bots. I'm an IT guy, 
and it's going to just as soon as it hits it's going to buy it and they're going to flip it around and put it on ebay for four times as much yeah and they and, and that's another thing that i think another black eye for for, for gw oh. but you know but folks uh, i told you gary was gonna gary was gonna dissect this onion layer uh, pretty quick but there's another one too that goes along with that okay. you've heard of 3d printing right oh geez yeah here right. we go you yeah yeah you don't make it available to me right what do you want me to do not play with it not use it yeah be it advantage when i go out oh no or spend 300 dollars and make it myself gamers will always find a way right for sure and the first way that a gamer will find is to buy it if it's available because it's an immediate thing mm-hmm. i have it yeah if you don't do that then we're going to go around to different avenues to be able to find it yeah the, i we could do an entire show about this and the inability for games workshop to be honest with us about the quality the quantity that they have and the amount and where it right. is they, we've got a first batch that's coming out here and then later on down the road we'll have more of them come out and the other thing i don't know how true this rumor is but i under my understanding is is that the orc codex hittable for like another month and a half yeah and the only way to get it right now is this box yep. that is now sold out across the planet yeah so now i can't even... it, it it brings up a whole other issues too from tournaments which i love to go to do you allow the new work codex yeah to which tournament? which one are you going to allow yeah this is a nightmare right. for to's right because it's not available anywhere right yeah, and you, so, and you know the the points that you brought up. Okay, the bots. I, I you know, honestly, Gary, I'm going to say this right now. As far as Games Workshop is concerned, and their 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 you know sales on the internet, I don't want to hear about bots anymore because you know what they talk about. We're going to put you guys in a waiting list. We're going to have a queue system. We're going to do all this kind of stuff. You know, they've never been able to solve the bot issue, and I just well, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know something? I think I think their methods are so kind of slapped together that it's aggravating when it comes to the bot. I, I on another purchase one time, I sat in their queue. For about, about 18 minutes, I think it was, realistically. Uh-huh. Uh, look, I don't if, if I want if I want an 18 minute sit around, I'll go to the store and BS with the manager. Right. You know, uh, and, and and I like how you brought up the 3D printing because that's a real thing that Games Workshop needs to understand. That is yep. a real thing that they and, and, and I th- I think I think if they don't understand the realistic nature and the threat of a 3D printer. Uh, they they do they do they're not stupid they didn't get to be a billion dollar company by not thinking that uh, that you know some 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 guy in his basement eating cold meatloaf isn't it doesn't have two or three three D printers you know popping right. those things off. So, but quick quick question for you. Yeah. How much is the beast snag a box right now? If it was available and I could go buy it. Uh, I want to say uh, well you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the want to say I'm gonna actually look it up right now I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, okay. because I think, um, the beast snag a box, uh, I, I, you know, why does, why does $200 come into my, come into my brain? Uh, but usually, I think, I think usually that's what it is for the boxes is right around there. So beast snag up forks army set. So right? yeah. So not online. 199. 199. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was 200. I remember seeing that. So 199. Yeah. right now, eBay. Three hundred and fifty dollars is the cheapest one. Hello, bot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Five fifty, four hundred, three fifty five, three thirty five, three thirty two, three oh six, two ninety five, four eighty five, two thirty two. Like, oh, you said the cheapest was this. Those are bids, folks. Yeah. That's not a buy it now. Right. You know, so all it's available if you want to go out there and pay more for it because our lovely friendly game company can't get their supply chain stuff in one sock to be able to put out what should be the mass. One of the biggest 
box sales outside of Indominus that they've ever had. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and, and I want to I want to say this. I think this is a real, like, a severely black eye, swollen, you know, Mickey Cutney kind of a black eye. Because but, but, for but GW. It's, again, it's again, it's not like the first black eye. It's not like the first snag on it. They yeah. put out one codex, it was missing a page. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Which codex was right. it? That was, uh, I think was it Jukari? I don't remember which one. No, it was an older one. It was back. And okay. I wanted to say, I want to say Dark Angels and Blood Angels back then, okay. but... But the point about it is, is this company stock has been going through the roof over the last two years. Well, they have the money to get a quality research and development QA and supply chain managers. Right. Matter of fact, name's Gary Frank. You want a supply chain manager? Call me. We'll negotiate it and we'll fix the problem. <laughs> hey, I uh, want in. I want in in that deal too. Is Gary Frank's agent? Give me a call. Because it's it's ridiculous. I mean, they knew beforehand. Yeah, and you know, and, and what is this one to three nonsense? Oh, oh we're you know, one to three. We don't know how many. You know what? Don't send me anything. Yeah, you know what? I may, maybe you can only buy more than three if you're a bot. But yeah, this whole limited <laughs> release of this box set, and especially with the new codex, it really feels just idiotic but, to me. Uh, with the codex in the box. Well, That's ridiculous. Here's the thing: the non-limited codex really should have dropped at the same time. You know, there, there's also this other codex that's floating around there out. You know, and I just, I just think that. You know, here's the thing. This isn't the same as I want. I want to boil all the water out of the pot here. I, you know, because I, you know, this isn't the same as the sisters and the Lumineth, Lumineth meaning the Age of Sigmar, but the sisters here in 40k, where there was no pre-existing faction in place. Okay, I mean, the real issue here is now there are the for orcs in 40k are like are like peanut butter to jelly i mean they they have been around forever and now there are 40k orc players running two different sets of rules uh really really crappy gw really way to step on your dork on that one and they also need to figure this out quick orc players there's orc players and then there's just orc players because there's no i kind of play orcs you either do or you don't yeah Yeah. right yeah and and you are now going with some of the greatest guys I've ever played against. I've been smashed by orcs, and I've smashed by orcs, and the game has been just as fun every time. Right. Just because of the personality of the table. You've got a group of people that is some of your biggest fanatical fan base about a particular fact that you have, and then you want to come in and basically give them the big F you on the release on, you'll be lucky if you get it and get both of them in a couple of months. Are you nuts? Yeah. That's like going up to somebody that like is supporting you and making excuses for you and then buying all these old ancient models. You haven't given an Orc Boy update in, I don't know, a decade or something. Right. And now whenever you do, you say, oh, here it is, but you can't buy it unless you want to pay triple the price for it because we apparently can't manage supply chain. Right, right. And and, and here's here's one. You want to add insult to injury. Now, you got this, you got this box set. That's you got this. You got this codex. It's in the box set that you can't get because they're out, right. and the bots have them all. <laughs> well, but unless now, you want to go do a car payment on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Know. Unless you want to finance your kids. But right. one thing that I think is freaking ridiculous is now there's orc codex leaks. You want to talk about just insult to injury? Now you're dangling yeah. that carrot in front of all these orc players. So, on... Supposedly, um, and I got this ten event I, at day one. I went back to the room, laid down, and started to look at my round two opponents list and strategize about that. Then I get this text that says, hey, the ORC codex has been leaked if right. you have the GW app, 
right? Yeah. So I didn't even look. I just opened the app and just started taking screenshots. And then after my thumb got tired of that, I just looked at it and went, oh, the Orc boys are still toughness four. So I'm like, okay, well, apparently they fixed it. So I had to go remove all that stuff from my phone. So that, that should just tell you on the outside, if you've been around for a while and worked in business, on how mismanaged and discombobulated that whole process is. Right. Because you have to actually upload that mm-hmm. to where that's at and have it available without it having to be purchased or code put in. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's like my sister's kids ended up in, you know, in, in, in GW's headquarters. Because here's the thing. Right. What kind of a knothead are you in Nottingham that you're going to leak all this crap Put it, I, right. And look, I, I know it was a GW leak. I know it was kind of an appeasement thing to kind of you know, right. pacify all the orc players who were pissed off standing in a line that you know, trying to pay Certainly for a box they can't get. Life. But um, and no one's going to ever make me believe otherwise that this wasn't right. uh, this wasn't a sham deal. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that um, they leak this thing, and what are you supposed to do with that? It's like they don't even people don't even know stores don't even know GW stores don't even know when right. the next shipment is going to be in. Right. And they do know. You mean the GW stores, you think? The GW, well, GW knows. And if right. you're a great affiliate with them, you should know as well. And if they're not telling their man of those stores that they are doing themselves a grave injustice, because what does GW want the managers to do? Sell, sell, sell. When's this box coming in? When's this box coming in? I don't know. 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 Right. Oh. Right. What are you doing? Now you're handcuffing the people that are on the other end that work directly face-to-face yep. with your community. Yeah. boxes releases in history for mm-hmm. them is coming out, and I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're making your managers look like a bunch of schnooks. Right, and, and anybody who knows that knows it's not the manager issue. Right. It's from the top down. Everything in business, work, household life goes from here down, right. top down. The the attitude at the top is the attitude down here. Right. You know, the flow at the top is the flow is down here. Yep. And they they knew how many boxes they had. They knew how many they'd be able to produce. They knew. Right. Should have made that accordingly. You know, they should have just went. This is going to be a um, was this a special release? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was. It was. It was a special release because also they had a limited release. And I mean, a, right. um, a non-limited codex. Uh, right. That you, that yeah. So right. You should never release the codex in a limited release. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's that is uh, uh, beyond apprehensible to me for them yeah. to be able to go through and do that. And I know it's a lot of. You and I may be a little bit more passionate about it because of what we choose to do as our hobby on the side. But if I was a work player right now, dude, I would be pissed. Oh, I, I got no. I, and you know, here's the thing: I'm I'm a fairly new 40k player, and I don't even play orcs, and I'm pissed because right. what this tells me is that here's the thing: you know, there's an old saying: there's a difference between a mistake and a fuck up. Correct. And, the, you know, the thing is you learn from your mistakes and you eliminate them. Fuck-ups keep going along for a long, long, long time. Right. And, and uh, you know, I'm afraid this is going to leak into my beloved knights or, or something else, maybe Admech or something, some other army that I'm interested in. Because here's the thing. They're not, they're not going to keep just shambling down. They're not going to – look, I – there there has been a long history of QAQC problems 
with mm-hmm. Games Workshop. But I'm going to say this right now. It seems like the bigger they've gotten, it's almost like they've grown too fast. It's getting worse. I uh, Yeah, I don't think they've grown too fast. I think that they don't want to spend the money to hire all of this stuff. So they're growing, but they're not adjusting with themselves. They're going up. And that might be an issue of growing too fast, but once they yeah. be able to look and go, we're going to get bigger. We need to ensure that the product we send out is correct. Oh, here's something else. Okay. Real, real quick. You remember they changed the board size? They changed from 40K and they went, all you got to do is take these kill team boards and put them together and you have the perfect size. Yeah. It's supposed to be 44 by 60. I have this little GW chip in my head that makes me buy shit when it comes out like that. So <laughs> I went okay. and bought it. I laid it out and I played on it. It was awesome. It looks cool. You know, it's thick, it's sturdy, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And then I was measuring one day and I was like, this isn't even the right damn size. Yep. On both sides. Why would I, who let that go by? Who is in your quality control department that can't measure and go, hey. Yeah. And if they did, did you guys go, oh, we've already printed all of them, so just send it out. Yep. That's exactly what, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It, large business. You're a growing growing business that everybody knows to play with get your shit in one sock so we don't have to yep excuses for you all the time yeah yeah and you're oh and just in case you hadn't noticed you guys are expensive oh yeah yeah very expensive so i am a firm believer of i will pay more but i'm a firm believer in of getting what i pay for you have to yeah right yeah absolutely absolutely Um, but Getting you know, I mean, honestly, you know, we, we could we could talk about this for the entire show. We got tournaments to talk about after this, but I knew that you were going to be peeling that onion layer back on this one, man. But uh, but yeah, you know, way to way to way to f up on the orcs there, GW. Yep. And and I want to say this right now, all, yeah, yeah. To, and you know, to all of our orc uh, pals out there, to all the people listening, watching to play orcs, I, we're sorry, man. You know, I we yep. don't know what to say. You know, I mean, they uh, won't they won't say it to you. So here, Grim. We're sorry that they can't figure out how many they have and be truthful to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, with that, go grab a go grab a coke and, and come back and, and join us. We're going to be talking about tournaments right here, man. I'm going to have to go do something. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show.
Chaos Storm, man. That's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about uh, Gary's most recent uh, uh, excapades. I keep using that word. I'm, I'm, I'm mispronouncing that word. Excapade? Excapade. Yeah, we're going to remove that from your vocabulary as soon as Boy, I, I never learned too good in American. Yeah, I, I am really botching the piss out of that one. Uh, but, yeah, you know, folks, we are going to be talking to Gary and listening to his uh, his stories of triumph and uh, blackening souls and ruining hearts and all that kind of stuff out there at, uh, at the tournament. But, um so to kind of give everyone kind of a, 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 a another up uh, upbrush, if you will, of what we're talking about here is uh, he's back from uh, the Cast Storm 2021. It was a two-day, five-round, 40K ITC event, 2,000-point uh, okay. armies. Um, and this had a three-detachment max, and, and the rounds were two and a half hours apiece. So they changed that to three hours. What's that? They changed it to three hours. Oh, three hours. Okay, okay. Right. And uh, but that wasn't all you you were playing, and you also played in a Friday event. That was an invitational. Yeah, the invitational on Friday. So we got there. There was a group of sixteen of us, and uh, that one you joined at. That one was two and a half hour rounds. Okay. And okay. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, you can get it done, but you're gonna lose a couple pounds in the process because <laughs> uh, you don't have a lot of time to BS with your partner and catch up, which is difficult because you haven't seen these guys in probably months. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine. I, I imagine with with those kind of rounds, that's like speed dating with a prostitute. It, it is pretty quick, you know. So you just got to put your <laughs> blindfold on and go for it. So, <laughs> right, right. So, so let's hear about it. So you got this Friday Invitational. Yeah, uh, the, the Friday one's pretty quick. So okay. I can go to that one. So first round, I played against Custodes, which is uh, Nathan Francis, and um, oh yeah, yeah, very good guy. Yeah, he's I heard actually, the name. Yep, he's actually ranked fairly high. As the as for custodes go, for people who don't know this, ITC not only has the overall ranking, they have a ranking by faction. So if you're a uh, custodes player, your goal is to be the highest um, adeptus custodes player that there is. You're only going to compete against other adeptus custodes players. So you know that keeps you um, very interested in it because people are like, well, my book's not that good. Well, you're playing with everybody else. Sure. Same thing up there. So he's uh, ranked 18th out of uh, 100 and actually 218 custodes and, players. And that's with custodes. Yeah, that's pretty darn yeah. good, man. So you so yeah, you, had, you had your game against that guy, man. Yeah, we played him and he had uh, minimized losses. And, and 40K, um, you have a the primary, which is typically hold one objective, five points, hold objective, 10 points. If you hold more than your opponent, you get 15. That, okay. That's almost standard in every mission. Sometimes sure, it's sure. two yeah. instead of hold one. Um, and then, but you also have a secondary that you can take that's related to the mission. And this one was minimized losses, which is one of the worst secondary ones to take, which says um, if you have more than 75% of your units left at the end of the game, you get 15 points. Between 50 and 75, 10. Between 25% and 50, 5. Under 25, 0. Right. Okay. And the game is so volatile are so deadly right now you really don't ever take that you don't have missions back sure except for custodians custodians are very durable very so he took that secondary and he took another one stand we fight which means you have to kill three specific units in his list or he gets 15 points and then he had taken something else so i lost that game 93 to 83 because there was a Teleman Dread Knight with one wound left. It's <laughs> always there was the way. Five Vinatieri with one model left with two wounds in it. If I kill those, I now take his minimized losses down and take a stand with Fight Away, and I win by five points. Sure. Yeah, so, you, 
so so I want to go back and ask you a question about this invitational. So in this invitational, I mean, well, I, I, I'm probably going to eat my question here after what you just described, but is this more of a, uh, it, it's an invitational. So does that make it more, because I've never actually been to an invitational. I have no friends but you, Gary. Um, <laughs> but is this more of a lax, relaxed type of an environment? Or because it's an invitational, is it more like I'm going to beat the piss out of the guy across the table from me? Yeah, it's, uh, we kind of, the vast we've got a group uh currently it's called the untitled midwest project that name's going to change okay so the vast majority of the group this and kevin and everybody went out there were all a part of that and there's the indiana guys and the chicago ones so it's kind of that invitational the day before for some games bs with each other and basically get bragging rights and take home a, a little bit of uh scratch which isn't enough to buy that still even if you were winning first you sure. can put one on the way or something. But no, that, that's what that was for. Just to invite the day before to go through it. So and that was three games, correct? Well, it's uh it's um if you lose, you're out. Oh, so so your custodians, you played, you lost. That was it. I lost. Okay. No, played three games Friday and then five games over the weekend. So I was like, I don't know if I want to win round one. You know, I mean I like to play a lot, but uh I wanna chill out Friday, go out and BS with some friends, we're not to go through it. So sure. But uh so that was that one, and that, that one was minor. So getting into the – if it's okay to segue into the, the five-rounder. Yeah, so so on, so on this started on Saturday morning, and, and uh, so let's – so you, obviously you played three games on Saturday and two on Sunday, am I right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So on um, Saturday morning, I get get there, I see it's Tao, and I was like, Tao is kind of in a rough spot, but you got to respect the player because it's not always – the it's how the person operates it, which we went through. So we go to the back of the room and I get to the table and I look and I'm like, man, there's not a lot of train on here. I can hide behind. Mm-hmm. And I want to basically get across and get into your lines and start punching stuff. And uh, there's not a lot of like leapfrogging for me to be able to do. Opponent gets across from me and then we get set up and I won the role to go first. So I was able to that one, by making some charges and taking over the objectives off of the sides and shutting down those overwatch. So space wolves sure. power that turns off overwatch. Okay. I also have suppressors in my list that says, if you hit a unit, you don't have to kill anything. And if it's infantry, they can't overwatch it. Okay. So I'm not getting shot at when I'm running in for your AOS listeners out there. That would be the unleashed. Sure. In AOS. Right. So overwatch in 40 K. So, as we went through that one and played, I wound up, it, to be honest, whenever things started not dying on my end, Tau is up against it for this reason. The whole army basically hits on fours. They have a couple of units to hit on threes. But their whole stick is to put marker lights on you, which increased army's um, efficiency against that unit. Sure. So basically, it's like target up that unit and then shoot it off the table. Well, function is I have a psychic power called Stormcaller. Everything within six inches of that librarian gets plus one of their save from being in cover. Okay. Storm shields, it gives them a plus one of their save. So if you're at a Terminator, you're at a zero up save. So if you're hitting me with AP Neg 3, against it. Okay. And so. And after that goes off, there's a stratagem, two command points. Librarian, I'm also negative one to hit. 
Ah. So now his army's hitting on fives. And I have really good saves again. Did enough to get it off of there. So I go across, kill the units that are holding objectives, and start to lock down the bigger units and take. And I wound up winning that game 98 to 26. Yeah. So let me go back to that one on game one. So, I mean, yeah. th- this edition, you know, when we talk about, you know, ninth edition 40K with the smaller board size, you know, 44 yeah. by 60. I mean that really that really kicked Tau in the nuts. I mean, because and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna very loosely paraphrase it here, but you know, Tau are paper tigers in close combat. Their whole shtick in Eighth Edition was to shoot you off the table. Right. Now, what's that? But it's just a harder stick to pull off. Okay. Okay. All right. So so you're going into game two on Saturday. You're now one and zero. Who's game Who's game two? Yeah. Game two is uh, Iron Hands, uh, real nice British fellow. Um, that I played against uh, Aaron Shepard, right? Okay. And we're at lunch, and I'm looking at the list because in Besco Sparings, you can see a list of your opponents. I'm sure. like, okay, I'm going to be playing this guy. And I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, I'm in trouble. And my friends that I'm eating lunch with like, oh, no, no, you got it. Just do this, this, and this. You know, everybody knows how to play your army. And I'm looking at it, and they're like, oh, you'll be okay. And I'm looking at the list. I'm like, no, no, I, I don't think I will. <laughs> so, I mean, Iron Hands at one time were actually pretty darn good. Right, um, and and I know they took a little bit of a hit in ninth edition, but what what was it about his list that made you kind of sit it's back so, and worry? I had an option when I went into this of two different space folders it takes take. One is hyper aggressive, doesn't have a lot of shooting in it. It's largely close combat oriented. Okay. Uh, the ceiling for that army is lower than the all comers list that I'm taking. Uh, what I mean by that is is you're there's some things you're just not going to win with that because you don't have the shooting. And you need to get rid of it before you go in to punch it. Sure. I got it. So, and I'm used to playing that style of list. And I was talking to my buddy Aaron before this. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to switch to this all comers one because the ceiling for it's higher. And I just need to learn. I understand. Okay. All right. I got you. That's the difference that goes into that one. So I'm looking at this Iron Hands list. And he has a ton. Actually, I can just tell you. And I won't go into the boringness of breaking down everything to go through it. He has a ton of dreadnoughts that are in this list. That's pretty common with Iron Hands. Yep. Three Redemptors, a Relic Attempter, a Leviathan. Then he also has a Land Raider Achilles in the list. Yeah. And a couple of troops, like 15 troops, and then two Librarians, and then this Primaris Tech Marine that just runs around going, you're going to shoot better, I'm going to heal you, you're going to shoot better, <laughs> I'm going to heal you, you know, the entire game. Yeah, right. So, um, my plan was just to play the mission. I don't have the firepower to pick up those models. Of sure. his. Right. I don't. Because right. he has psychic powers that gives him invulnerable saves or it can make him tougher, things like this. The damage on dreadnoughts when you shoot at him is now reduced by one. And the highest damage I have in my army is Thunder Hammers, which is three flat damage, Macroplasma, three flat da- three flat damage, and then close combat, which I'm never getting into close combat with this guy. Sure. Never. Right. He just has the Achilles has eight multi melted shots on it. That your dreadnoughts dead. No, yeah, you're you're a goner. <laughs> right, right. So I, I lost that one, but I did. I didn't like get destroyed. I'm like I'm going to pull together and just get as many points as I can. So I lost that one, 95 to 62. Okay. So now you're coming out of that uh, that that minor beating against Iron Hands. You're one and yep. one. And now yep. you're, you're coming up against the, the end of uh, end of Saturday, game three. Right. Who are you looking and at? I look across the table and I see Slanesh Demons, um, three Keeper of Secrets. Uh, like three, 33 units of 30 demonettes, 
are two units of 30 and one unit of 10. He's got, uh, like I said, two keeper of secrets, three, excuse me, three keeper of secrets, the super chicken, all of this stuff to be right. killable. And this guy's in from California. He was there visiting family, saw that there was an event and went, oh, wait, I can get in this tournament while I'm here. And we got sat down to play. Great guy's name was Greg. And uh, he's like, I'm not a tournament player, so if I'm doing something wrong, let me know. I'm like, bro, I'm not even like that. It's this is just play. This it's it's a game. Doesn't matter if it's tournament or not. Right. It's just a game, and then we play it. That's a great attitude. But fortunately, I played against a friend of mine, Kevin Leonard, and he plays with a similar list to that all the time. So sure. I have quite a few reps against it. Right. And um, so he goes first. It's like okay. So when you're playing against this type of list, folks, you don't want all of that nonsense in your backfield. Keep right. your secrets beating you up, demonettes locking you down, all of these kind of things. So I screened off to where he could only basically kill chaff units. Sure. And um, Kevin and I played enough where Kevin played more cagey, get rid of chaff units, charge late. Uh, Greg just went, you know, I'm here to play. <sighs> Across the table, he went. <laughs> well, he's got an older codex in that demon codex. He's got no choice, right. man. He's got to. He's got to come at you. So he, he came across that, and in my immediate mind, I'm like, um, that was a mistake because you don't want me to be able to charge you on my terms. Sure. So I heroic then picked up some demonettes, and the first two turns, I, he was winning. I mean, he had control of the board. He had everything on there, but. I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill all of this by turn three. Then he's going to have nothing of a threat left. Then I just go back and clean up. Right, and sure. that's what happened. Okay. Turn three came around. Um, I got to do a first turn charge with a Redemptor into a Keeper of Secrets, which I've never gotten to do. Right. A Redemptor in close combat is terrifying. Their damage, these like strength 14, neg 4 AP, and their damage is D3 plus three. Yeah. Five attacks, hitting on twos. It's uh pretty good but he didn't kill that he didn't really kill anything but he locked stuff down sure so i was able to grind all of that out oh and also in my list i have a Kluxus assassin oh, i love those models love them next to a librarian and people are like why do you have a Kluxus assassin standing next to a librarian? Well, i was actually just going to ask that same question well against demons i'm not casting anything anyway because they have so many denies that are sure. bonuses my two spells are useless right so I also have a relic on the librarian that has an 18-inch bubble of neg one to cast. The Kluxus is 18-inch bubbles of neg two to class to cast. And if you fail a psychic power on a four plus, you take D3 mortal wounds. Oh. So I run those next to each other because he's got all keeper secrets. Yeah, right. All this coming up. So everything's at neg three to cast. To make a long story short on that one is by turn three. Every big monster was dead. The three keepers of secrets were dead. The Lord of Change was dead. All the demonettes were dead. And now it was just me going back and taking more control and killing off everything else. Yeah, so you, you sent him back to California with uh, with his tail between yeah. his legs. But, but you know, know what? Oh, go ahead. That, that was one of the best games I'd ever played. Because he was like, okay, cool. You know, he's going through it, going through it, you know. And it wasn't the uh, high pressure of, I got to make this move perfect and all that kind of stuff. He's like, you know what? I'm here to play. And he just takes that Lord of Change and was sitting on top of his ruin in the middle and just drops it right in the middle of my army. And I was like, he just took that and dropped it in the middle of a bunch of drunk Vikings that want to fight. Right. You are awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. And you know what's yeah. funny? What I like about that is he obviously knew that he was playing with one of the older codexes. He's playing an all demon <laughs> army. He probably was up against he probably and as as you just said, he wasn't prepared to play in the in the tournament. Right. And it's almost like when you when you and I talked about I was I and folks, I was considering playing uh Nurgle Demons. Uh, 40k all demon and, and i i talked gary's ear off about it you know should i do this how should i build that and and you know it, i think for me because i'm kind of a snob i decided to to uh to hold off on that but it's kind of awesome that you played a, a, a guy that obviously isn't a snob a, a pretty cool dude and, and it makes the game a lot better right well it does and um kevin leonard which is from here plays a very similar list of that he uh i think he finished fourth or fifth with Slanesh demons and won best chaos and all best right. painting Okay, well then, then uh, I guess I guess that goes back to what we talked about, Gary. The mechanics of it, right? If you if you yep. repetition, you get the reps in with the army, you can beat anybody. All yep, right, so what is you're doing? So uh, at, at the end of that one, two and one. So yeah, and, here's Saturday. We're sitting at two and one, and yeah, we come we, we come right back. We're gonna we're gonna have to uh, hear about okay, Sunday. Right. So you're going into Sunday two right. and one. All right, folks, stick around because we want to hear about uh, how Gary uh, just really just clobbered people. Right back. <laughs> Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. 
All right, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Here we are, man. We are uh, we are back talking about Chaos Storm 2021 with Gary and his uh, his adventure out there in Indianapolis uh, for this uh, five game uh, tournament event. And uh, so right now, going into Sunday uh, after uh, after a great game, coming off his third game against uh, Slanash Demons, he's now two and one. So yep. Gary, uh, who who are we looking at now, man? We got game four Sunday morning. Right. So we go to go we'll go to eat after this, and I look at the the pairings and for. If you use uh, Best Coast Pairings and they have the rankings, yeah. it's the odd number is going to play the even number. So one's going to play two, three's going to play four. Okay. I, even I can figure it out. Right? Yeah, right. So I, I look at it, and there's me, and I look underneath it, and there's one of my playtest partners, Chris Solar running Necrons, right? Sure. And um, I struggle against it. I always have um, because Necrons, if you can't kill that 20-man, and he runs three 20-man warrior blobs, the Silent King, a, a, a ghost arc, sure. Uh, Tim, Tim Lich, Lichgard, L- yeah, Lichgard, and, right? Yep, yeah, and support characters, okay. right? Right. And um, we talked about this with him. It's like, hey, if you take the Necron specific one, which is purge the enemy, which means starting turn two for a, every table quarter at the end of his turn that I don't have a unit in, he gets two points. Okay. And Necrons like to just sit there and say, "Stay off my lawn," you know, just. You come over here, I shoot you, and at the end of my turn, I get points. That's what they do. Right. And so there's that one. Then we said, and if you take um, While We Stand We Fight, which is the three most expensive units in your army, you get five points for each one of those that are alive at the end of the game. So you take the Silent King, you take the Lich Guard, and you take one of the Warrior Blobs. Right? You okay, protect right. those three. Yeah, Even right. if I kill one, you're still getting ten points. Mm-hmm. But you but you have familiarity with, with, this, with this particular build, right? right? Okay. I, I do, and I have. I had never cracked it before. It was always like close games, you know. You know, I was like, I have to change what I'm doing. And this is where, um, and I'm not trying to, to brag or anything like that, but I think there's a moment when you're playing competitively that you switch and your brain starts to think at a different level than it's used to being. Because, like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over right. again and expecting a different result. So, like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. So, I'm like, okay, I need to go first. If I go first, I can really, really put pressure on Chris and uh, force him to basically play the way I want to play. So typically what I would do against him is I have – let me do my list real quick. Sure. If, if yeah, works. let's hear it. So I took – to uh, Sam Dayton, who uh, a design list, another Space Wolf player. Him and I met at another event. So we went through it, and um, I basically took it from him. I'm not an innovator. I'm not going to lie, and I play with what I think is the best I can operate with. So sure, most of us do the same thing. Right, single battalion. I start with nine command points. I have uh, Bjorn the fell handed. Uh, he had a Hellfrost cannon. Then I have a Phobos librarian with Lord of Deceit, Stormcaller psychic power, and um, Murderous Hurricane. So Lord of Deceit's really awesome. It says after before after you do the roll to see who goes first, sure. you can redeploy three Phobos units. So you can redeploy the librarian and I have two cursor squads in my troops, which are Phobos units, and I have a unit of Grey Hunters. And then I have two Redemptive Dreadnoughts, Macroplasmas, those are hooked up. And then the punch is three wolf guard squads these are jump pack storm shield lightning claws two of their units are like that one unit's all thunder hammers okay 
And then there's five Wolfguard Terminators, Lightning Claws, Storm Shields, and to cap all of that off, there's a Calexus Assassin and two units of three Suppressors. That's that's the whole list to go Got through. It. So, I, and the, the biggest part of that list that helped in this game was the troops. So we're playing Surround and Destroy, which is old Dawn of War deployment, and there's two objective markers in your deployment zone. And he took Purge. I took Engage on all fronts, which means when you have a unit in a three table quarters, you get two points. If you have a unit fully within four, you get three. And then I took Banners because I have stuff in my zone. Yada, 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 go through that. Sure. So the biggest one is when Chris deployed on his right flank, you put 20 Warriors, a character that has a Veil of Darkness. Veil of Darkness lets you pick up a unit within, I believe it's six inches of him, um, and move it anywhere you want to on the board. Yeah, we, we talked about that. That is six inches. Right. Yeah, we brought so that up once you, before. Yeah, move it anywhere you want to on the board. Right. Right. So he could banner there and then leave if he wanted to. So what I usually did, and I wanted to roll the go first, what I usually did when I deployed is I take my incursors, I put them on objectives, I put up banners, and then do some movement and then let him go. Sure. And then he would wind up killing stuff off of the objectives and i really didn't do much damage to him because of terrain and it became a kg game which i'm not going to win against necrons sure so instead of doing that when i redeployed i took two units of incursors and i put them nine inches away from his deployment zone which put me roughly 13 14 inches away from that 20-man warrior unit sure then i went first i already knew this so i moved them in I use the command point to put one unit in the assault doctrine. What that does for space wolves is that unit, when they fight, their AP is now neg two, and six is unmodified sixes to hit result in an extra hit. So oh. makes it more lethal. And space wolves already hit on twos when they charge, anyway, because that's their bonus. They get plus one to they, hit. They hit on twos when they, they charge. They get plus one to hit. Yeah, when they charge, okay. Okay. hit charge, heroically intervene, sure. they get plus one to hit. Okay. So I put one in the Assault Doctrine. I put both units over there so I could get in and move them close. I took my chaplain and jetted him over there, used the stratagem for plus two to charge. So now I got a free, I was basically 13 inches away. I got to move six inches, so I'm about seven inches away, and a plus two to charge. So now I've got like a five-inch charge, right? Yeah. What I learned from Chris before, and thanks for playing me, Chris, before, is they have a thing called uh, Set to Defend. It's a Necron protocol. So when they overwatch, they normally you would hit on sixes. That unit would hit on fives, and he's got 40 shots. So if I were to charge him, he could pick up a significant amount. It wouldn't do much. Sure. That's where the suppressors came in. Because the suppressor, if you shoot a unit and it hits the unit, they cannot overwatch. Got it. So I moved the suppressors 10 inches over, shot across the field, and they couldn't overwatch me. Then I charged with both incursor units, and I gave one of them plus one to hit. So I didn't kill the 20-man blob. I knew I wouldn't because uh, Necrons, the way they function is, is after you do your attacks, if you haven't wiped the unit, they pick up a dice for every baller you killed, and on a five plus, they get one back. Yeah, but you kind of mentioned that wasn't your intention to kill that 20, 20 blob unit. That, right. that wasn't something you were going to do. Okay, got right. it. And then they reroll ones because they're warriors. So I got to fight with both of those units, right? Got it. Now I'm in his zone. I'm on his objective. 
that unit's down to 10 models and we're locked in combat. So he has to leave. He can't stay there and fight me. Sure, right. The rest of my army, I basically just moved up to the center. And okay. got Stormcaller and Neg 1 to hit that I mentioned before. So I got this nice little castle of Dreadnoughts and Terminators and whatnot that are fairly safe from Necron shooting because they don't have a ton of it. They more... So Chris's turn comes. He has the Veil of Darkness out of there. He shoots onto that objective, doesn't kill a unit. So I still have a unit of five and a unit of two on that objective over in the corner. And he's now being forced into one flank. Sure. And he does some other things. And when turn two came around, I was able to put five banners down. So I was on five out of the six objectives on turn two. Okay. And he really had no way of getting Catching me off. up at that there. point. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And then I, I just pressed and became overly aggressive into his corner and started to pick up stuff and remove things. So that game went largely into my favor, but it's because we play tested and I knew what didn't and, work. You knew his army, but what I think was interesting is you went from not knowing if you could beat this army, not making those adjustments and winning. Right. Because I'm like, I have to be aggressive on this one. And if it goes right, it's, um, there, there was a movie a long time ago called high roller. It was a story of Stu Unger. Right. Sure. And, um, it was one of those, if I guess right, he's just destroyed and this is over. And I guessed right. Yeah. You know, I, I guess going in and doing that would do that. So I won that game 98 to 44. All right. So now you're going into game five Sunday. I'm in three and four, one. I'm in fourth place. Okay. Out of 50 people. Going Not into too shabby. And then I look at who my opponent is. And it's my arch nemesis from the last five years. Mr. Aaron Tower, who's been on our show before in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, a, and a damn great guy and, and probably one of your best friends, right? He is. He is definitely one of my best friends. Yeah. Aaron's uh, a great guy. And we talk daily about his list, my list. So there's no surprises. <laughs> there, there. The lists are going to play. Sure. So, and we're playing for second place, essentially. Okay. Um, so we sat down and he's messing with me. He's like, oh, you just want to talk it out? I'm like, nah, there, there'll there be no talking it out. We're, we're going to play. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Get after it. it. Get after it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we did. This was the best game of 40K I think I've ever played. What is he? What, what was his army? So he's playing Dark Angels. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I can go through his army without looking at the list because I've seen it every Saturday for the last year and a half. <laughs> but was it so painted? Got, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, it was painted. It was, was painted gorgeously. Yeah, yeah, right. I think he had one rhino and two bikes that weren't painted, though. Okay. He had to ball. So. Um, but he's got um, two units of six Deathwing Terminators. And for those people out there that are may not be familiar with them, is they have permanent transhuman, which means you cannot wound them on anything but a four, five, or six. Okay? Yeah. And then he's got him within six inches of his character's support group, which gives them a six of fill pain. Gives them a four of a vulnerable save against shooting. Um, he has the ability to reduce the damage they take by one. And an apothecary, he can heal, just bring one back to life. So it's a very, very hard unit to shift. Right. Like very hard. And I know yeah. this. I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going after that at all. I'm playing the mission. 
but but you're kind of right back to where you were before with the with the Necrons in uh, in the in game right. four, where you know you know you, you got you got that twenty that twenty man blob, you know you're not going to deal with that, you know, but but you got to right. figure out a way to deal with it, right? Okay, right. I'm with you. Well, so we kind of knew how it would play out because I was done being overly aggressive because I've done that in the past and it didn't work. So once again, let me change this up. So I took um, oh the mission was priority target, which is um. He even said, it's like, oh, that's really good for me. So priority target has five objectives. It's got one in the center. And then basically one objective in the very center of each quadrant. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, before the game starts, you roll for attacker defender. And um, then whoever wins the roll gets to pick if they're attacker defender. Okay. So if you pick attacker, you get to take one of the objectives and move it six inches in any direction, as long as it's not the one in the center. Sure. Whoever the defender is gets to take an, an A and a B and move them, and then the attacker moves the one that hasn't been moved yet. So you have four objectives. Attacker moves one, defender moves two, attacker moves one. So right. all four of them get moved. Okay. And you pick one of them to be your priority objective, and if you're on that, at the end of your turn, you get three points. So you're getting 15 That off of that, which doesn't help me because he likes to sit and really keep you off of like Chris's army tries to do keep you off of the yard because you got these terminators to kill yeah right you permit anything to kill them he then has a plasma oh his list sorry I'll back up a little bit so his other than the terminators he has two attack bikes those are just to go out and get secondaries he has a land speeder storm which is to go get secondaries and he has a unit of five plasma cannon devastators. He uses a five grav devastators with three grav, one heavy bolter in it. And he has a rhino. Then he has a unit of four plasma inceptors, two units of scouts, and some troops. Okay. Right. So he's set up, and then we're going through the game. We're going through the game. And big moments in the game while we were playing is – I made a mistake when I was moving the objectives and I should have done them a little bit differently because I made it a little too easy for him to be on three objectives. Okay. Which gives him 15 points, which he got a turn, which means he got up on me by five on the primary. Okay. So now I'm up here trying to fight back against that and it's very hard to do. It's an uphill fight, but you but you, right. yeah, you did it. But, but, right. but I know that. I, I know what that mistake was. And to be fair, I failed four nine-inch charges. Okay. So, but I won't blame dice because I didn't need it to be in that position. I could have controlled it differently. So he was on a target. I came in and I tried to shoot the land speeder off of the objective, left it with three wounds. And then if I make the charge, I control the objective because I would have three models on it. He would have one. Sure. I failed it, failed the charge and failed it with a reroll. So the next turn I had lost that one. This came down to him controlling i played very cagey i didn't give him anything i got my points the unit that died i knew it was going to right and what i mean by that is engage in 40k means you have a unit in three table quarters or four so i was getting those i knew the units that did them were going to die because i'm in his zone sure but score that day the end of your turn so i was getting those points anyway i I don't care that they die I got my points. Right. right? Yeah. Sometimes you got to play that way. Right. And he was doing the same thing. So the mistakes I made 
I had no reason to... Oh, he took Oath of the Moment from one of his secondaries. So Oath of the Moment is a Marine-specific secondary that says if you have a unit within six inches of the center of the battlefield, at the end of the battle round, you get two points. If nobody fell back or failed a morale check in your army, it's another point. And if you killed a vehicle or a character, it's another one. So you could potentially get four a turn. Gotcha. Now, after the fact, I should have never let him shoot at a single character or vehicle the entire game and just denied him those that point. So he okay. would get maximum of three, right? Sure. And I had the ability to do that, but I didn't. This is what him and I would call big brain knowing after the game is over. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, re- re- reflective understanding, right. Right. So it came down to turn five. I still had all my Terminators. I still had all three units of Wolf Guard. Chaplin's still alive. You know, I lost two Redemptors. I've lost Bjorn at this point, but I've also denied him some of his secondary. So it's close, but I know I'm down by like five to ten. I already know this. So we go into turn five, and he just falls back. Not not falls back out of combat, but just he's like, I know you're going to come charge me, and you have quite a bit of step, stuff left to charge me with. I don't need to stay here anymore because I'm up by enough points that I, I don't need to risk anything. So he moves everything back, and I'm like, damn it. You know, it's like, okay, I'm never going to get to him in combat. But he still put one multi-melt attack bike in the middle of the battlefield so he would get two points for Oath of the Moment because it's at the end of the battle round. Right. So I move everything up. Oh, quick side note. Uh, my chaplain, he has a warlord trait called Hunter, which allows him to advance and charge and fall back and charge. And if he successfully completes a charge, he then gets a six-inch aura that allows my army to advance and charge. Got it. Okay. okay. So he succeeded on this because uh, Aaron brought in some scouts on the side of the board. I charged him. I'm like, cool. Now my chaplain gets the bonus saga and i really didn't have to put him at risk because he's gotcha. right you know? so now at the end of the game i move up and i'm like what plays do i have here i said i'm not going to really kill anything but he only has one unit that flies and it's on an objective which is the plasma insectors and he has a bike right right so i'm like the bike in the middle so i charge everything in my army other than the terminators to that bike and Long story short, when I get to that bike in the center, the chaplain's ability of plus two to charge also lets me consolidate and pile in six inches. So those units get to move a foot. Sure. So I kill the bike, and then I move my entire army a foot and try and wall him into his side of the table so he can't go get other objectives to get 15 points. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so... he, looked at, like, he looked at it like, oh, crap, I didn't know they could go that far. But he was yeah. able to kill off enough and go through and still get on those. And the reason why that's important, because important, the final score of that game was 94 to 84. Yeah, so it seems like he got a little complacent when he backed off. Well, he didn't realize they could still move that far. Sure, but I mean, but and, you said you said that he kind of backed off the the the. the, the oh, he did because he had the game well in hand. He was up yeah. By so, like, so that's what I mean. And again, I get. I and look. I, I've talked to Aaron and I've seen him play, and he seems like a yeah. like a like a pretty freaking knowledgeable guy. And he probably beat oh, the yeah. hell out of me on the table. But what I'm saying is yeah. that uh, every every everybody gets complacent, right? I mean, you hear about it all the time, and I, I think well, he thought he had it in hand, and he he backed off. Yeah, he he did have it in hand, but he didn't realize that he was still at risk of potentially losing because of being movable. I got you. Oh, I see. Okay, right, yeah. right, okay. All right. So it, it was a, he knew what he was doing, 
but he didn't realize what the movement um, repercussions could possibly be. Understood. And if I had been in that situation before, and we talked about it and linked after it, I could have probably done a better job of it and denied him those points and maybe gotten a tie. Sure. So. Sure. So, all right. So now you're four and one. You got five games in. Yep. No, uh, three and two. Three and two. Oh, you went three and two. Oh, yeah, so so you went, so you didn't. Oh, I see. So you went three and two. Okay, I Aaron, I apologize, man. I apologize. So um, now you're sitting at that. You're three and two. What are your thoughts coming out of this tournament? Well, if you if you were if you were to reflect back on this tournament real quick and kind of give everyone a your two cents in a tin can on this one, what would you say? Make sure you understand the goal of your opponent's army, because. Knowing your enemy sometimes is even more important than knowing yourself. Sun Tzu, man. Right. So against, real quickly, I know we're running out of time here. um, Against Aaron, the max range shooting ad was 36 inches. So in priority target, there's an objective in the middle. It was one of the secondaries he took. He always had to have something within six inches of the center. I took my dreadnoughts and my suppressors and put them all the way in the corner. He couldn't have shot at me the entire game. And I would have had range onto that center objective with everything in my army that shoots. So that is something. Understand what your opponent's limitations are with this army and take advantage of those limitations. Yeah. I mean, exploit them. I mean, that, that's yep. uh, that, that's really the best way to do it. But, I mean, yeah, that, we, I mean, it sounded like an awesome tournament, man. It, oh, it really was. did. And that last game was, was unbelievable. And we talked about it because we rode home together. And I was like, yeah, if I just put those back there and I just shoot you the entire game, I don't know that I win, but it's a one or two pointer. And he's yeah, like, right. absolutely it is. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. He's like, but once again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, right. Well, you know, could have, would have, should have, right? And then every, but, everyone, everyone's got but, a different reflective understanding of it. I finished 10th out of uh, in that event. And that put me at 13th place in well, the uh, Space Wolves. You're a, you're a hell of a, with ITC, 13th. ITC and 13th, and to add on to that, then I'm going to uh, toot the horn a little bit. That's with me only having three out of four games. Well, I got everybody to, ahead of me is four out of four. Well, I got to tell you, man, you're uh, uh, you know you're you're a hell of a competitor, man, and you got street cred with that army for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, good stuff, man. Well, you know, Gary, thank you, man. That was a that was an awesome walk down. And I got I admit, man, I, I I love your legs, dude. How you can get out to all these tournaments, man. I, I don't have those kind of legs. Looking forward to next month. <laughs> that's it but i'm going to uh i'm going to steal the uh the, the closing thoughts here on the uh on the show um yeah you know we talked about tournaments tonight you know and and you know here we are folks i think it's i think you know everybody would agree with me that we're getting to that point uh in the hobby where tournaments are coming back and they're coming back strong but it's still been a long time you know 2019 was the last time that the tournament scene was was hot and i believe that we're getting to that point where it's getting that way again very few tournaments happen between 2019 and now right. uh, armed forces day being one of them um I, and and you know i think we all got to ask ourselves are you ready for tournaments and i'm not really talking about that whole time you sat around in your basement eating cold meatloaf for you know during covid where you know did you paint your models did you get all that in your army ready did you do a battle board did you you know study your list i'm not talking about that that's all the innate stuff that you should be doing anyway um <laughs> But what I'm saying is, did you keep your, did you keep the mentality? Did you keep the thought process of what really those tournaments, um, like, you know, Gary here talking about Chaos Storm and, and, and the many, many other tournaments that are going to be happening uh, next weekend? 
as a matter of fact. But my whole point is, did, did you keep the mentality in mind of what they're all about? You know, you hear us talk about here on Grimdark Live all the time, the social contract of gaming, you know, and that we're only as good as our last game. You know, um, had, had Gary gotten his nose bent out of shape, you know, uh, against Aaron, a good friend of his, maybe that would have uh, been a been a, been a been a been a rough ending to a good friendship. Or maybe had he got his nose bent out of shape after uh, game one, you know, he probably would have gone, you know, zero and five instead of three and two. But I think, you know, I think also there's something to be said for what those tournaments do. Those 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 behind those things we don't think about those intangibles those relationships that we build you know those their sports scores scores are there for a reason and a lot of times when we were away from people in covid we were we were sitting in our basement eating cold meatloaf we didn't have that constant contact with those people across the table from us sometimes maybe we forgot how to be uh a person maybe we forgot that you know and and i'm not saying that um, it's something that you'll never gain back, but always keep that in mind. You know, that's really what these tournaments are about. They're about bringing the, bringing the community together and that glue that holds the, uh, the community together. And so remember all that. And I, and I hope that if you, if you had remember that, you know, get it back. And, and if you, and if you hadn't remembered that, maybe strengthen it by reminding the person to the left or right of you, what, what we're all here to do, what we're all about. Um, that's it. That's my, uh, uh, that's my closing thoughts. That's that's what I got, man. But uh, good uh, good forty k show in the bag, man. But you know, Gary, you're out. Uh, you're out again. You're you're hitting another tournament here soon, right? Yep, Siege World in uh, Collinsville at the end of next month. That's out there by the Forge World Columbia guys, and they put on a great show. There's events that I'll never miss as long as I can. Michigan GT, yeah, a Decathlon, Siege World, and now the ones Chris running are fantastic as well. So now it's just. Uh, I have too many options to go through. My Marriott rewards is going to go through the roof. Yeah. Well, with that, <laughs> folks, you guys have a great night. Thank you so much for joining with us uh, here on Grimdark Live. And don't forget to join us on Tuesdays for our Age of Sigmar show. And don't forget to join us next Wednesday for more 40K. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night. If you like us, hit that subscribe button and we'll talk. Please do. Bye-bye. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show, or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.